0: The reading today is taken from Numbers chapter 25, reading the whole chapter. While the Israelites were camped at Ashiah Grove, some of the men defied themselves by having sexual relations with the local Moabite women. These women were invited them to attend their sacrifices to God, so the Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. In this way, Israel joined in the worship of Baal of Peor, causing the Lord's anger to blaze against his people. The Lord issued the following command to Moses, Seize all the ringleaders and execute them before the Lord in broad daylight, so his fierce anger will turn away from the people of Israel. So Moses ordered Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death the men under your authority who have joined in worshipping Baal of Peor. Just then, one of the Israelite men brought a Midianite woman into his tent, right before the eyes of Moses and all the people as everyone was weeping at the entrance of the tabernacle. When Phineas, son of Eliezer, and grandson of Aaron, the priest saw this, he jumped up and left the assembly. He took a spear and rushed after the man into his tent. Phineas thrust the spear all the way through the man's body and into the woman's stomach. So The plague against the Israelites was stopped, but not before 24,000 people had died. Then the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eliezer, and grandson of Aaron, the priest has turned my anger away from the Israelites as being zealous as among them as I was. So I stopped destroying all Israel as I had intended to do in my zealous anger. Now I tell him that I, I am making my special covenant of peace with him. In this covenant, I give him and his descendants a permanent right to the priesthood. For in his zeal for me, his God, you purify the people of Israel, making them right with me. The Israelite man killed with the Midianite woman was named Zimri, son of Zalu, the leader of a family from the tribe of Simeon. The woman's name was Cosby. She was the daughter of Azur, the leader of a Midianite clan. Then the Lord said to Moses, Attack the Midianites and destroy them, because they assaulted you with the deceit and tricked you into worshipping Baal of Pure. And because of Cosby, the daughter of a Midianite leader who was killed at the time of the plague, because of what happened at Pure. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Often we're horrified by violence, and the violence caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine is no exception. As I've watched and read the news, at times I find myself being quite angry at the bloodshed, destruction and tragedy, as well as being deeply saddened and concerned. I've watched as Ukrainian men living in Ireland have arrived at Dublin Airport to fly to Ukraine to fight for their homeland. I've watched people from Northern Ireland load up vans with goods to drive across Europe into Western Ukraine. I've watched Ukrainian soldiers dressed for war, standing in church, praying for protection, courage, and success. I found myself... Sporadically praying for a miracle that the Russian people will be protected and blessed. Ideally that President Putin will have a complete change of heart and recall Russian troops. Or alternatively that Russian forces will be stopped in their tracks or even destroyed. If that is what it takes to protect the Ukrainian people. Initially, I was watching and reading the news for over an hour a day, but I found that I can't sustain that either emotionally or practically. As we've been reading through the book of Numbers, I've been encouraged by those prayers, like the ones that Aaron was commanded to pray over the people of Israel, a prayer of blessing, a prayer that leads to peace. But I find passages like the one we had today troubling. I find it really disturbing that Numbers opens with these words. A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of that year, he said, from the whole community of Israel, record the names of all the warriors by their clans and families. List all the men 20 years old or older who are able to go to war. This is the Lord preparing the army of Israel to invade and conquer Canaan. And with the backdrop of Russia invading Ukraine, in reading that passage, I found it deeply disturbing. Violence seems to be everywhere in numbers, including that account that we've heard this morning. The Lord's anger blazed against his own people for some Israelite men having sex with Moabite women and them in feasting and worshipping Baal of Peor and other false gods of Moab. The Lord orders that the ringleaders be executed in broad daylight so everyone can see it. He commends, the Lord commends Phinehas for his zealous anger in thrusting a spear through an Israelite man, Zimri, and into a Midianite woman, Cosby, whom it seems are having sexual intercourse at the time in Zimri's tent. This halts a plague, presumably one of judgment from the Lord, that causes the death of 24,000 Israelites. The chapter concludes with the Lord commanding Moses to attack and destroy the Midianites for assaulting the Israelites with deceit and tricking them into worshiping Baal, and because of the actions of Cosby, who was the daughter of a Midianite leader. I'm often taken aback by the violence in the world and taken aback by the violence in the Bible. And my initial reaction is that I would have much preferred if the Lord hadn't done that. And then I wrestle with reconciling the Lord of numbers with the Lord Jesus who described himself as gentle and humble in heart and who suffered violence and death to give me life. But as I've been reading through the Old Testament, the Lord has been showing me a number of things. And the first thing He's showing me is that I'm inconsistent. I am content to be horrified by the invasion of Ukraine and to feel inspired to see men travel to Ukraine to fight their homeland. And I find that inspiring. And I am content even to pray that Russian troops will be destroyed if that is what it takes to end the slaughter of men, women, and children in Ukraine. Yet, when it comes to the Lord acting violently in the Old Testament, I am not content. I am inconsistent. And my anger isn't blazing, righteous, and constant against unjust violence. My anger fluctuates and is mixed with fear for the safety of my own country, community, my own family, and myself, and for the economic and practical impact of this conflict. Yet the Lord's anger blazes with constancy against injustice and not because he is afraid. the Lord's also been showing me that my knowledge is partial. There are currently, and I've just discovered this because I felt moved to look it up in these last days, there are currently around 40 ongoing wars and conflicts worldwide. I had no idea. Most of them in the Middle East, Northwest Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa, and a major ongoing drug war presently in Mexico. Tens of thousands of people have died across these conflicts. Before the recent Russian invasion of Ukraine, the overall number of confirmed deaths, only the confirmed deaths in the war in Donbass between Russia and Ukraine, which started in April 2014, has put the number of dead at 13, over 13,000 people. I was unaware of that. I was unaware of the level of violence worldwide. And you know why? Because I have little desire to monitor and lament and pray over all the violence in this world. And yet the Lord knows about all this violence, and He is deeply grieved. And I've been challenged by the Lord that my reading and interpretation of Scripture is so selective. Two weeks ago, we had that passage from Exodus 34, the Lord passing in front of Moses on Mount Sinai, calling out his name, and with it, revealing his nature. Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion and sin. That's the part that I like. But I've come to value very much recently everything else the Lord says about his character. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. And the entire family is affected, even children to the third and fourth generations. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, and he is also just. He acts to address injustice and guilt, and sometimes he does it violently. Our Lord is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus affirmed the Hebrew Scriptures, including the virtuous violence of the Lord. Jesus violently turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple and used a whip to do so. In Acts chapter 5, two Christians, two members of the church, Ananias and Sapphira, are struck dead by the Lord because of their deceit. In Acts chapter 13, we read that Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. He looked at the sorcerer, Elymas, in the eye, and he said to him, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, the enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Violence by the Lord must be seen and understood in the context of the big story of him rescuing humanity and creation by his action. But let's not shy away from the fact that we read again and again and again that the Lord meets out violence. We should not be surprised. In the early chapters of the Bible, the Lord wipes out all of humanity apart from one family, Noah's. Final judgment will come at the end of time. And the New Testament speaks about this much more than the Old Testament. Jesus spoke about it himself. We declared at the last service in the Apostles' Creed, Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. He will judge justly, and those who haven't accepted him here and now will be condemned. I love that verse in the New Testament scriptures, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But seldom do I face up to the reality that that means there is condemnation for those who are not in Christ. We will see Jesus Christ in his glory and when we do, he will bear the scars of violence in his side, in his hands, and in his feet. Because the Lord has consistently stepped into the mess and violence of human life, which we have brought about. And he has always met with us where we are, and he has acted accordingly. He did that in his actions recorded in Numbers 25, and in many, many other parts of the Old Testament. Because here's the thing. We human beings are cruel and violent for our own ends. Whether we're violent with our words or violent in our actions or just violent in our thoughts, Jesus says it makes no difference. You and I are violent, cruel people, every single one of us. The Lord's ultimate response to violence is to suffer and die at the hands of his enemies, us, sinful, broken, cruel humanity, in order to save us. That is the ultimate response of God to violence. But hear this, that will not be his final response. The New Testament declares again and again and again that the day of judgment is coming. And who will be the one who will administer justice? Jesus Christ. The final response of Jesus to evil is judgment. Because God hates evil. The fear of the Lord is indeed the beginning of wisdom. In C.S. Lewis' is The Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Aslan the Lion represents the Lord Jesus Christ. The girl Susan has never heard of Aslan or met him, and she asks Mr. Beaver what Aslan is like. Who is Aslan? asked Susan. Aslan? said Mr. Beaver, why, don't you know? He's the king. He's the lord of the whole wood. But not often here you understand, never in my time or my father's time, but the word has reached us that he has come back. He's in Narnia at this moment. He'll settle the white queen all right. It is he, not you, who will save Mr. Tumnus. He'll put all to rights. As it says in that old rhyme in these parts, wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. You'll understand when you see him. But shall we see him? asked Susan. Why, daughter of Eve, that's why I brought you here. I'm to lead you where you shall meet him, said Mr. Beaver. Is, is he a man? asked Lucy. Lucy. Aslan, a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood, the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he... Quite safe. I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion, and that you will, dearie, and no mistake," said Mrs. Beaver. "If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most, or else just silly. Then he isn't safe," said Lucy. "Safe?" said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. We love to declare that we are saved. But what are we saved from? We love to declare, I'm saved from my sins. But that's not the full story. I'm saved, and you are saved from the judgment that is coming on our sins. And where will that judgment come from? The Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see the extent of his mercy to come ahead of time and with his life and with his words and with his death to plead for every single one of us, please be saved. Please trust that in me, the wrath of God can be turned away from you. His ultimate response to violence is to be crucified for every single human being. But that will not be his final act. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the window of opportunity. We live in the period of grace that comes before judgment. But here's the thing. The judgment of God is just as loving as Jesus coming meek and gentle in heart. One thing that struck me over this last week or so is this. If I were a Christian living in Ukraine, would I want a teddy bear God in my corner? No way. Jesus Christ is the Lion of Judah, and he is here this morning. He's here to impart forgiveness, and this is a window of opportunity that will close. He's here to remove condemnation, guilt, and shame. He's here to say, punishment is coming, and I have taken it for you if you're willing for me to do that. He's here to heal hurt and pain and anxiety. He's here to heal you for the violence, not only that you have perpetrated, but also that has been done against you. He is here to give freedom from the fear of death and instead to instill in us a holy fear of the Lord. He's here to give us life in all of its fullness. And so this morning, my prayer, our prayer is come, Lord Jesus. Come and move among us, Lord, and forgive us for our violence. Forgive us that the same violence that that moves Vladimir Putin is the same type of violence that's in my heart. Come and have mercy upon me. Come and save me from the judgment that's coming. I trust in you, Jesus Christ. I trust that you are God, the same yesterday and today and forever. And I'm amazed at your mercy. And today I declare that you are my Savior, you are my Lord, and you are my judge. And I pray, come, Lord Jesus, come and put everything right and bring cruel, cruelty and violence to an end in this world. Thank you, Lord, that your justice is such an expression of your love. May I never deny it. May I never wish it hasn't and won't happen. Instead, may I pray for it to come, knowing that in Christ there is no condemnation. And in the meantime, in the midst of this window of opportunity, may I declare through love, through action, through words, giving warning to every single person, God loves you. Justice is coming. Turn to Christ and be forgiven. Please, please, please. May I be a person of truth, a person of mercy, a person who prays for justice. In the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We stand to sing.